This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 422, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you and TurboTax. One, two, three. Hey everybody, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 422, maybe brought to you by TurboTax, maybe not. Uh, my name is Paul Montgomery, and joining me, as always, Mr. Josh Flanagan. Do you think if we just start saying sponsors' names that... I don't think checks will just arrive, I don't think it works know, like, but like that. You, maybe like a court thing, like like Clorox. Remember when we wanted to get Goldbond to sponsor a show, yeah. and they're like, no. We really tried that. I mean, <laughs> like, we got... Like we got, I think, I think there was a call. I think Connor <laughs> like got someone on the phone. Anyway. That's, I, I love us for that. And, um, and Connor's not here this week. He's, he's off on holiday with, uh, with Robert Redford, agent of shield, at some film festival. Uh, so we brought in a special guest, Mr. James Viscardi. Hello. Ooh. Jim has a show called let's talk comics. It's a little like our own talk explode, but slightly higher quality. And it comes out more than twice a year. Um, and much, you much should longer. be listening to it. We're genuine fans of that show. So, James, welcome. Thanks. Uh, we are iFanboy, and we like comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks the best book that they read. Call that the pick of the week. And we talk about it on this year's podcast, along with various other books and topics of interest and goofy nonsense. Uh, but before we get to the show, a quick reminder, warning, this is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happen in this week's books. So if you're a little worried about the spoiler thing... Don't worry. Just stop listening and come back later when you're ready. We'll be here. Um, is that still a thing? It is still a thing. It? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Jim here. Is that a thing? Spoilers? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I mean, about the comics. But it, like, you know. People always worry. It's, um, it's also worth noting that, um, that Josh was a cheeky little pervert this week with his pick. <laughs> and uh, you might hear words like boner and punani. So, uh, Josh, what did you select? Uh, my pick of the week uh, this week was Minimum Wage Number 2 uh, by Bob Fingerman. Even that sounds dirty, and that's not. It's just a. It's just a nice name. Uh, you may remember when the first issue came out. I, I sort of read it, and I was pleasantly surprised. At it, it brought me back to uh, to an earlier time. I think uh, in my in my comics life, and 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 I was as I was reading this issue. Basically, it's just it's uh, if it's not autobio, it's just like autobio but fake. You know, you know what I mean. It's one of those comics where it may as well be real, but I don't know. Semi auto bio. Yeah, uh, I I I assume somebody out there knows, but I kind of like not knowing. I like thinking, well, this is real life. I don't know, it might be. Um, so it's about this cartoonist. I think it's in the year two thousand. Is it? Uh, it it's, okay. it's not now. I was going to ask you that because I was like, is this in the nineties? It's. I think it's in two thousand or the early two thousands, and our hero has just uh of of the book has just. Uh, divorced at a very young age and how he's he's out dating again um and like there's little there's little, like this is the beginning of internet dating and there's like dial up so it's not it's not like it's not like the 90s when you you wouldn't have even had any of that stuff but it's I not guess now that's right. where say broadband is ubiquitous 
because the, boy, this just made it sense. We we've used uh, <laughs> the availability of broadband as a timestamp. Anyway, uh, the point being, it's a very it's a very simple sort of comic story, and I feel like I used to read books like this all the time. Um, and I don't anymore because at some point, like people stopped. Either people stop making them with any sort of, uh, you know, regularity. Like I, this, this used to be a really sort of normal format for for uh, indie comics. Is what I always thought of as indie comics when I was younger, and and now you you just don't see very much of it. And I always enjoyed this genre. It's sort of the the, um, like the Chester Brown kind of comics or or, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or Box Office Poison, which is one of my favorite of all time. Again, that's not autobio, but there's a lot of truth in that stuff. There's a lot of real life going on there. There's no there's no sci-fi element. There's no. It's not. It's not straight up comedy so much, but it's definitely there's funny stuff, and it's just slice of life. Uh, you know, it's a lot of dudes in their twenties living uh, disproportionately in New York City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as I read through, I just I really like, I really like these kinds of comics, uh, and I and I haven't been there. I, you know, I haven't been there for a while, and you know, on the surface, the book's kind of on the nose. There's a, there's a lot of sort of like clever dialogue not clever but like that sort of dialogue that sounds like it's supposed to be clever like if all your friends are around and they all had zingers all the time yeah and and normally it kind of bugs me but i just i'm i'm just into it i i just and and the thing the reason that the thing that makes this the pick of the week um it just just the story is uh you know he met a girl last time uh this time he 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 starts to get physical with her and it's it's there's something about these kind of comics too they're sort of explicit but sort of not and uh, you know, there, there's a definitely there's a titillation about that that's that's always sort of exciting to read, but also just because it feels it feels like real life. Um, and so like he 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 goes over to the girl's apartment and she wants to shut the the light off and 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 he's like that's weird. I'm not really happy about the light being off. And you find out that she lost a lot of weight and she has body issues. And then you find out she really likes pot. And then there's a problem with her dealer slash ex husband who's not really who's not really her ex husband. Yeah, just all that anxiety and hand-wringing that comes with not knowing how to handle any situation when you were 24 years old yeah you know and you're out there you're in the real world and i'm maybe there are people who totally are cool with it but i still feel like that to this day when dealing with anything that's happening in life and and there's a truth in it there's an honesty in it that i really like and then at the the reason that it was the pick is at the end of the whole thing i wanted to read what was going to happen next i I wanted to know it was i was like when can i get the third issue because that's that's the thing that i want when you say it, as in cool with it, what is what does that mean? Cool with uh, being comfortable in situations where there just, are other just people. the world. Yeah, basically. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, being I'm cool the same way. Things. Right here, right there with your brother. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if you meant like like sex in the dark or you know. Well, listen, I, the, that part <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember being all that upset about. It's you sort want of the lights a, off. That's cool. It feels a bit like a Seinfeld thing because it is it's it's the reaction to a weird date and them sort of blathering about it afterwards like are you okay with it in the dark and like would you know i think we're really i think guys are more visual and you know we need to be able to see it and the other guy's like well his friend who's also a, a comic artist um the, the I, I don't know if we mentioned that that the the guy is a is an artist right cartoonist, yeah. he's a cartoonist and um so this other guy that he's talking to is like what's the point if you can't see anything <laughs> and which is i don't that's one perspective i find i find it to be like the the displaying of id i find to be very brave from a creative standpoint 
I really like when I think about like, what if I wrote down all the thoughts that I had, <laughs> what would people think of me? And that's when I get impressed by it. Cause I'm like, uh, I'd get in a lot of trouble if I wrote all that stuff down. What, what would my mother say? And so mm. I like that there are people who are and people who do that. And I, I just, I haven't been reading enough of it lately. I, uh, I jumped in on this in the second issue. Um, you could follow along fine. Yeah, I could follow along fine. There's also, I also like that um, in the beginning, the inside cover, it says uh, previously on minimum wage, not previously in minimum wage. Because it does feel kind of like a sitcom in that way. And it's actually it felt like um, it took me back to when I sort of discovered Kevin Smith movies and like Chasing Amy especially. Like just like, like guys almost – I don't want to say speaking eloquently, but but trying to speak deeply about um, that the other guy makes a, a queef noise, as they say it, um, when he sees a, a girl that he's attracted to, and he doesn't know that he's doing it. It's like a Pavlovian response, yeah. and it's uh, thinking analytically about very lowbrow things. Yeah, um, I also couldn't help but notice that the main guy looks kind of like you. <laughs> okay, <I'm... laughs> you don't think so? No, no. I... I can't argue with that. That was mm-hmm. that was that was tacit acceptance. All right, I can see that a little bit. I don't. My hair is not so uh, out of control there. It, it isn't. No, I um. But I sort of. I, I don't hate... know. I saw that picture you posted this morning. It's yeah. it's close. You're, yeah, your Boyd Crowder hair. Um, I I think it, I heard your voice in very inopportune moments while I was reading okay. this book, and that made for an interesting experience for me. And if it listen, if that's what we shouldn't talk. About. Enjoy the book. <laughs> that's that's fine too. I also really love the cover. It's sort of one of those Tijuana Bible, uh, sort of tribute covers. Uh, you know, he was naive, knee deep in a miasma of demon weed and carnality. Like it, yeah, it just you know, and it's kind of faded and crackled, and it's it's a fun uh, treatment to it. It was good. It was uh, I, I well, really I, I dug it. I think just in, even in a sea of fantasy, right, or, or just like comics that have any form of uh, suspension, you know, uh, of, of disbelief. Sci-fi, fantasy, supernatural. Right. <laughs> that, that this is, is really just like a welcome sort of breath of fresh air. Like it just, it felt real hmm. uh, enough that you were just like able to escape into the story, but at the same time be like, like identify uh, with a number of different things. And it's not something that you necessarily can get or essentially to an extent um, in comics that are out there today uh, or or at least at, uh, you know, at a, at a bigger publisher. It used to be very common. I feel like, or at least more widespread. And like, I don't know, like top shelf used to do stuff like this a lot and they kind of got away from it. Um, And now I just, I don't see it as often. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think, so there was that, like, you're right. Like, that was nice, but also there was a, a sense of uh, like a kind of nostalgia to it. Like, oh, these are the, I love these kinds of comics, uh, and and I, I I miss them. There are there are hundreds of them that were printed from you know ninety eight to two thousand five probably. Um, and I love his his you know personal little you know it's a small um, letter column in the back. Yeah, where he doesn't have, he doesn't have a whole lot of feedback yet because he's just sort of started this up again um, after doing it previously. And I like that he's I like that he's excited. This is his project. This is his thing that he works on. And he gets to, you know, shout out to some of the books that he's enjoying right now. Mm-hmm. And that puts a that puts a real personal touch on it. There's a sort of a mom and pop kind of thing to it that I that I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's definitely a thing. And and you know, like it 
the cartooning is kind of solid. It all works. You it's know, it's really solid. It gets across. I mean, the guy's a pro. He was doing this for a really long time. Yeah, I love the blue tones, and it just looks great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was uh, it's sort of, sort of an offbeat pick of the week. Um, but I was I was actually glad to do it because I I think uh, it's really good to it, right now. You know, in the, in the rest of comics, you've got this this uh, let's say punishing just sort of array of really really talented people doing <laughs> really good superhero comics, but. We are getting a lot of superhero comics. Uh, you know, I mean, over at Image, I guess it's it's a slightly different thing, but I feel like we're getting a lot of them uh, than I am in the past. And all the ones that aren't are coming from Image. There's you know, there's no Vertigo anymore. There's no well, there is. All right, but. let me let me salvage the segue here. Uh, Punisher number one. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be a segue. I just looked up. I was like, what's next? Anyway. <laughs> you just kept on going. Oh, so so Punisher number one, Nathan so Edmondson tired. and Mitch. You can you get to say his last name because I know you like some Garrett's. Yeah. Um, on Frank Castle in L.A., the, th- the thing that, you know, I, when, I, when I finished this issue, it sort of felt like uh, it feels like Frank has always been in L.A., like, or, it, or he should have been. It just seems right. It just seems like a good fit. And, I, and this, this didn't have the awkwardness of trying to squeeze your foot into a new shoe. This felt not tired but comfortable. And I liked, uh, you know, I liked Frank's new look. I think I think Mitch is doing great stuff on this book, and bringing the military tactics to it, and uh, and I and I love that I love the diner scene. I love that he had that Frank has a place, mm-hmm. that he's that he's got a spot that he goes to. He's got and 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 he knows the regulars, and he still feels like as uh, he refers to himself as a, as more of a coyote. He's still a loner, and yet you're able to do something with this expanded cast uh like his his military buddy who you know they meet out in the desert sort of breaking bad style and and you know they uh they swap stories and and he gets more you know munitions and stuff for his uh his cool little um cache down in uh i don't know where that is but it's a crazy little bunker he's got going on he's 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 prepped for war at all times so feels like the punisher to me feels like a really good fit i was very impressed with this I loved this, uh, sort of from from top to bottom. Uh, I'm I'm a Punisher fan, and I can't explain to you why I like the character. Um, but there's something that is incredibly refreshing uh, about this iteration of Frank that, uh, that, like you said, just just sort of feels right. Um, I. I liked the the slight bits of levity that you got throughout. Um, mm-hmm. Times where I just sort of chuckled to myself. Yeah. But even but I mean but even you know uh, as a total package in, in the art like there's that one panel of I think uh, Frank blowing some guy's hand off with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. That it's like <laughs> that's great. Um, where it just felt like and you know it sort of throughout the the entire book. Um, it didn't feel as claustrophobic as I feel like a lot of Punisher stories tend to to feel, um, and yeah, I just I I am super uh, to read more of this one. Uh, I'm was, glad to have Frank. I had a I had a, I had a vague epiphany when I was reading this book. Um, those of you who've been listening for a long time may know that I'm I'm not really such a big fan of the Punisher, um, just in general. So and, and it seems like more you're wrong. 
I, it's fine. I feel <laughs> like you'll find I won't argue any of my positions like that. Just, you can try, but I'll be like, right, whatever. Um, what I found though is that in the past, you know, five years or so, they keep putting people on the Punisher who is a character I don't like, who I really do like. Um, so like previously there was there was Greg Rucka on the Punisher, and I was like, oh come on. And then and then you've got you've got uh, Edmondson and, and Garrods on this and and you know I I really like the activity. Um, my complaint about it was always that it it, it lacked a little bit of personality. Um, at least I never really knew who the people were in that. Yeah, book. and that may have been on purpose. It's sort of a soldier thing. It's not even a it's not even a complaint. It's just so a clinical cold precision yeah. doesn't really lend itself to warm you know so, character. Which brings me to my 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 slight epiphany is that um, in this. Um, when you see Frank acting more warmly mm-hmm. than we have seen him in a long time, certainly compared to what Rucka did, Rucka said, you know, Rucka's take was basically that he is a he's a psychopath. Yeah, he's a killer. He's a machine. He you wouldn't you know he's a serial killer is what he is. And 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 he wrote him that way. He, there was very little. I didn't think he talked very much. It's a force of nature, which yeah. is I think a, a completely valid take on the Punisher. Now in this one, uh, he was you know like they you see there's a, there's a shot of him in the desert like shaking a hand, and I was like this is very odd. And my thought was, boy, this doesn't seem very much like the Punisher. And then I thought, that's cool. Yeah. Like, why not? You know, it's one of those things like I can my first instinct is this doesn't seem like the right character. Then my second instinct was why not do a different type take on the character? That's why not? You know, it works for Batman, it it works for the Punisher. Let's see other things that they can do with it. Like this one's he's kind of he's a little bit affable. He's got a little bit of a cocky edge. His, you know, his his rocket launcher thing, you know, where he's just he's just toying with the guy. You know, it's it's a little more it's a little more LA. It's a little laid back. His his hair is slicked back. You know, I like the hair. It's all it's it all, works. It's all good. Um, I was also impressed by, you know, Mitch. Mitch was actually known to a lot of people as a colorist first, uh, even before he was doing his own art. Um, and and he colored he colored. I I thought somebody else colored this because it looks very different than the activity. The, actually, the the cartooning itself actually looks different than the activity. And the, but and the colors are a lot more flat. And a lot less processed in this, and I thought mm-hmm. it worked really well. I I thought it was a nice, uh, I thought it was just a nice simplification of what we were looking at. Yeah, um, just 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 going back to the character thing, um, I got to interview both of them about this, and and that's something that they were, they wanted to be really conscious about that he he can sort of turn it off and on. Um, he puts on the skull shirt and he's the Punisher, but then there's also there's also moments where he's Frank, where. He's, I mean, he he's going to be able to turn on a dime if, if somebody comes into that diner behind him. But there is a very definite shift in his personality. And um, that's something cool to see because you're, we're so used to seeing him. I guess, I guess for, for the two of us, um, we see him more in cameo roles when he appears in other books since we're not pers- actively pursuing his solo title. Um, previously and before like Rucka came on. So I think, I, I think what's, what's going to be, what's going to be fun for us is seeing him, you know, sort of not, not necessarily out of costume, but, um, when he's toggled it off yeah. and he's just relaxing and, and, uh, at the diner and everything. And, and I like the subplot with the, uh, with the police lady who's maybe kind of into him and that might not work out well yeah and she's got a <laughs> here's here's this memento mori that you just told me is a sign of death <laughs> i'm just going to get too to attached you. to her paul yeah i know so uh but i but no i'm i'm actually i'm excited to see how that unfolds cuz that's just going to be tragic as hell i got to say you know like because of the clinical nature of the activity i was 
I was thinking, oh, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be more Punisher like that, and I, I was, it was a really welcome surprise mm-hmm. uh, that it, that it was not what I expected. So uh, that's very cool. So, which Punisher do you think this will end up being, uh, Dolph Lundgren uh, or Bray Stevenson or Thomas Jane? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. Um, I've never seen Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Ray Stevenson, I was I was clawing at the walls like a cat on the way to the vet. Um, <laughs> and uh, Thomas Jane, it's probably most like Thomas Jane because this is actually closest probably to Garth Ennis's Punisher. He had a little bit of a a little bit of a streak of, of sense of humor to him, I guess. It's not it's not as you know, it's not as sort of strange as Garth Ennis's mind is. Maybe a little Kurt Russell in there. I don't know. <laughs> Kurt Russell has never played Punisher, but no, he's like five three. Kurt Russell, the only good thing Kurt Russell ever. No, I'm not gonna do that. Do we ever see? <laughs> I was gonna Frank's say feet? Tombstone, but <laughs> do we see Frank's feet. Let's see. I bet we do. He's got. Yeah, we see them. He could be wearing platforms. That's right. Yeah, that's you'll a notice, great page. You'll notice that uh, that there's an alligator attack in this book, and then there's also an alligator attack in in Black Widow three, which is also Nathan Edmondson book. Or there were alligators, there was alligator shots in it. I'm saying there's a fixation. Switch. I'm saying he, like that month he was he had alligators on the brain when he wrote <laughs> this. In fact, I wanted to talk about Batman Black and White number six, another another fine anthology issue. I thought this was this was a, a pretty nice collection of uh, of short stories, and and some nice angles. Um, the what was interesting about this one it was it was not so Batman centric. Um, it focused a lot on the um, the expanded cast, and I don't know if that was intentional uh, from editorial to put all these stories together, but it, or maybe it just worked out that way. Great Cliff Chang story. Cliff Chang art in black and white, really nice. There's a great Cliff Chang story. It's called Clay. Is it the Cliff Chang who who's like all super clean, or the one who's got a little rough edge that showed up in the Wonder Woman books? Yes. The latter. Yes. See, no. See what I did there is yes to both of those. It's a little bit of. Oh, I see. Um, Two flavors. Yeah. It looks it looks really nice in black and white. It's 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 a it's a Dick Grayson centric Robin story. Um, and I love the Clayface and it, and he plays to the theatrical nature of uh, of uh, Clayface. Um, uh, it's the it, there's like seven different Clayfaces over the years. This is the the classic one who's uh, you know a uh, an actor. And and maybe sort of a failed actor, and um, a little bit of that six emperor tyrannus kind of thing. But uh, uh, it's 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 a it's a great story about sort of um, Dick Grayson on one of his first field ops with Batman and not being taken seriously by the Gotham PD. And I like that he reads their uh, their disdain uh, through. Um, lip reading because he's so far away. They think that he can't hear him, but he can see what they're saying, and he's he very much wants to prove himself. Um, the other great story I thought was uh, Ali Moss and uh, Becky Cloonan doing a story about one of uh, one of Bruce Wayne's maybe not one night stands, but one of those girls we always see on his arms um, out you know in in like a montage. You know, outside of a theater opening, or you know, when he's you know breaking a bottle of champagne over a yacht or something, um, and then we never see them again. It's, and it's, it's it's quite the concept of it's quite sexist. There's just like they're just female jewelry, and we never think about them. And we, who 
are these? Are they? Are they? Are they ladies of the night? Anyway, I can see why. Yeah, it's because it's it's all sort of it's <laughs> no, it's but I, and I thought that was really and it was a really interesting examination to say who are these girls and because they're it's a very thankless role. They're it's all part of. Um, you know, if, if you look at Batman as the as you know the real entity and Bruce Wayne being the alter ego, um, it's all part of his his pattern, all part of his um, showcase, and to keep suspicion away from him, and um, that, that's that's a that's kind of creepy and sociopathic in a yes, way. It is. And I love when we get that shot of, you know, she's saying that, you know, when we're out, he's like, he lights up and he's live in them. But then when it's just us by ourselves um, and you see this really creepy shot where he's like looking off in the distance and thinking about his parents' murder probably and, you know, beating up criminals and crying out. I need to go punch some dudes. And yeah, it's, um, I think it's, I think it's a really important point of view to look at. Um, That's, it's, it's, it's. part of the tragedy of of batman that there is this collateral damage that these you know these women at least find some kind of camaraderie with each other because they meet up afterwards and like well what what was it like for you and you know and he 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 bought out a whole opera audience and we and then he left in the middle of it um and i was too embarrassed to leave and um that's a that's a really interesting character study i thought yeah i i just love that there's a a group uh, of that, like they all just sort of get together and talk about their their dates with with Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah, it's it's almost like, like the it's like it's almost like the lunch table at school or something. Yeah. They do, they all do, meet do up. They and, suspect they must know something. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I I will admit, at first, I got super excited when I saw Ali Moss's name on the cover, thinking that he was going to be doing the artwork, but. Um, I mean, I, I'll take Becky Clunan. Becky Clunan any, any day, yeah. That's, that's, not, <laughs> any that's day. not a bad trade-off. So. Um, least favorite story, probably the Adam Hughes one, which is kind of a flimsy premise that Catwoman pretends to be crippled so that Batman and Slam Bradley will both go out and seek justice for her. Meanwhile, she goes and robs Wayne Manor or something. And To, to uh, be fair, though, that, that took him eight years to draw. <laughs> and it shows it, it, it did look good it uh, did but, look uh, really good and I and I love him drawing Catwoman um, he has he has quite a knack for that um, and it's and cool seeing Slam Bradley I always like seeing Slam Bradley but yeah. the story was just like I don't know about that and, and like and then and, and in retaliation for this group um, crip, so you know apparently crippling Selena Batman goes in and instead of killing people because I don't do that he cripples everybody in the room and <laughs> it turns out that she didn't even she was she was fine she could walk and it was just a trick and then at the end they go get ice cream what about um, the people that he crippled yeah what about the people that he crippled that's what I'm thinking still uh, laying on that floor I was just, just like ah, I don't know how I feel about that story so but it did look pretty um, so there there you go do we think about Action Comics 28? I love it. This is the best Superman that we've had in a very long time. And, mm-hmm. and I am so happy about that. What do you think, Josh? I like um, I like the imagination of it. I like Superman's character in it very much. Um, I'm not so into subterranean alien culture thing. 
that part I was kind of less than interested in. But okay. I really liked um I really like the twist at the end. I like the unintended consequences yeah. uh storyline that's kind of going on. I like that we've decided that those little creatures are good cuz they're cute till the sun hits them. They're like gremlins basically. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um not the RAF gremlins but the the movie gremlins. Yeah, no, yeah I, I caught that. I never even think of the it's RAF for the people. gremlins first. I I've I've used the RAF gremlins in things I've written so yeah. I think about those. Futterman was not was not wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just loved the but the, the <laughs> Well, the 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 back and forth, uh, uh, you know, just between uh, Clark and, and Lana, I thought yep. was just really great and playful throughout the whole thing. And and God, man, can Aaron Cooter draw? He's uh, getting like, better and better each issue. I think. Yeah, I mean, he, he just does really facial expressions mm-hmm. super well. Yeah, yeah, it's just, his facial expressions are really, I think, what really sold this for me. Yeah. Um, that and you know that whole thing at the end where like the Superman still feels a little young, uh, I like which that a lot. I think it was you know the, yeah which which I like. Um, so I I am I want more. This yeah. uh, what you know I I kind of like the subterranean thing and how alien it feels because it it's it's different. It's something that I don't feel like I've seen at least presented this way in a Superman story before. And sometimes I, I fear that when I say, oh, this is great Superman, now that's the Superman that I want. It's, you know, like the origin story. I, I never get tired of hearing the origin story, seeing it, you know, depicted, it, not in Man of Steel, but, um, you know, in other things. Um, well, you were and, okay with that up until a point. Maybe? No? Eh, okay. Eh. But no, it's just, I just mean... I, I don't want it to be like the only Superman stories I like have all of the same elements. Like it's always got to be Metropolis and, you know, and, and, and Jimmy and Perry and, and yeah. Lex and, and those relationships and, um, you know, that back and forth between him and love. So it's, so it's cool to have it be, you know, Lana and there's a, it, it's a, it's a slightly different relationship. And I like that she's like, she's known about, you know, his, his, his superhuman nature for a very long time. That's that's an interesting thing to do, especially since he's a young Superman, and he's just finding his his footing. I, th- I gotta superhero. say, I think I gotta think that this version of Superman is is the most interesting. Just the awesome power, not really sure what you're doing, a little maybe a little too much confidence. Um, I also like old old Superman, who's mm-hmm. sort of like he knows better than everything and he, and he knows what not to do. Uh, but it's really fun to play in the margins of the superhero, I guess, instead of just the the most capable version of him. Because that I think that's where people got in trouble. That's when it got a little boring. Mm. I just, but I, but I agree with Jim. I like this the back and forth um, between two. It's it's like that. What 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 you know? Jeff Loeb established with the uh, the Superman Batman book with, and it's usually Superman and Batman, and you get the the, the caption boxes. Here it works really well for these two who have known each other for, you know, practically their whole lives, and um, there's there's a great you know flirtation between the two. It's is there a Lois at this era in Superman, or like one? Yeah, is a, I mean, like, is that a thing though? I the lady that he works with. I don't know what. I can't the, remember I, at what point they they sort of like like when do we meet? Well, 
Uh, I don't know. She, she had a boyfriend, right? In this, had... in this, in this two years plus of the fifty-two, we've been through a lot of different Superman times, so it's 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 a little hard to keep track. She does have the yeah. She does have the uh, the boyfriend, and I know that that was playing out in Action Comics, which I I don't read. Or excuse me, Superman, which I don't read, but and, and I'm excited for the for Jeff Johns to come back for that. This um, is prior to the uh, Superman Wonder Woman. This is not Clark Catropolis Superman. Right. Uh, yeah. But is this the five-year yes. gap? Uh, or is this maybe four years? I'm not. I'm. I. I gotta be honest. I'm not super knowledgeable on I the new 52 I timeline. I don't and need I to know, but don't really want to be. I, this isn't. This is what I like. This one, and I. I enjoy you know Superman Unchained as well, and I'm looking forward to the Superman book with with Jeff Johns coming back. Um, just because that was that was a sweet spot for me in terms yeah, of. I've, I never. I. I haven't heard of that until you just said it now. Yeah, that's a that's he's. Oh yeah, him and John Romita Jr. John Romita Jr. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. I was just wondering what I was like. What happened to him after Captain America? Oh mm-hmm. my God, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's so that's gonna be fun. So it's uh, things are looking up. Things were very bleak for Superman fans for a while, and now things are things are doing okay. We're getting there. This was. Do, I we, this was... do we still need to let that sit in for you, Josh? No, that's cool. <laughs> That's very exciting. That's a very fun. Go, you know, DC. You know, that could have been, could have been just some some dude. Okay, <laughs> Brett Booth. All right. So let's talk about uh, a that's, bunch of a bunch wrong. of. I'm sorry, Brett Booth, but I, I wouldn't have been excited about it had he been well, doing the book. That's all I'm saying. I, I just need to ask one question. Okay. Um, does Does Ambush Bug get news uh, three months? What? Uh, prior to everything, because that. Channel Fifty Two thing, like I, I feel like we've that. been talking about that forever now. <laughs> well, it's just a shot of Superman Wonder Woman kissing, and I'm like, oh, okay. Is, this is a real question. Has has this changed? Because I don't read it; I just see it at the end of every book. Did they change it? It's. I I think I think there have been at least three different stories okay. that they tell, but yeah, it always looks the same, and I, I just I, I really just past it. Like, Boy, they've been advertising whatever this is for months. Yeah, and I I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> I literally haven't read a single word. Yeah, why are you using page real estate for this? But anyways, um, a bunch of number one issues came out from Marvel this week. So in addition to Punisher number one, uh, Ms. Marvel number one by G. Willow Wilson, uh, Adrian Alfano. When was the last time we saw Adrian Alfano art? Uh, uh, Uncanny X-Force. But Uncanny X-Force? I don't think, I don't think we want to talk really? about that. Okay. Which is, a, which is a weird fit. This is a great fit. Um, this I thought. The, did you do Uncanny X Force after Remender left? Or yeah, with, he did it with Sam Humphreys. Oh, I think he like just like literally just a, a couple issues ago. Oh, okay, looks way different than than this book. But before then, it was a long time. You know, yes, loved him on Runaways, and then where did this guy go? So this this was I thought delightful. Um, I really, I really like that this is here, and um, handled very well. I thought. So, so you you enjoyed it because yeah, I have not read anything by G Willow Wilson that I enjoyed. I remember she did one of one of the not good issues of Superman. I remember trying to read her Vertigo series once. The air book, yeah, yeah, and not it just not understanding it at all. Now I don't know if this is for you. Um, but well, I, I know I, I didn't read it, so yeah, I know I know that I liked it quite a bit, and it's you know so this is this is the uh, Pakistani American 
um, Muslim character who is um, her powers are awakened by the what's it called the Terrigen mist Terrigenesis Terrigenesis and so she's a secret Cree right inhuman ish inhuman right yep. they're vaguely okay. related to the Cree yeah yes so but anyways she um, it's it's sort of it's not and it's not just about it's it, it it's it's about living in between cultures you know like she's it's and, and i like that it's not even that her parents are very strict or anything like that it's that her and it's i like that her older brother is is more devout in that way and so he doesn't so he does so he thinks all 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 jobs are sort of beneath him um, he doesn't want to be like his dad, who works in uh, usury. His his dad's a is a banker, I guess, and he, he so he thinks that that that's like that's not a good a good profession for for a Muslim to have, and so he just kind of sits around the house praying all day, and the dad makes fun of that and says, you know, that you should be doing something, not just not just praying to keep to get away from from action from from doing something with your life um and it was just i I liked seeing into into a world that i know very little about i tell you something this looks fantastic it's beautiful yeah really nice art i love the way that the dad is drawn yeah all the characters have a little sort of cartoony look to them i think it's really cool if the uh if the uh, i I do think if if runaways had looked like this it would have never sold (laughs) sorry that's (laughs) That's... No, it looks. I don't. I'm, I was trying to think of what it looks like. It. I mean, it looks like it could be like on a like a greeting card or a, like a like a, a children's book. Yeah, I can see that. It's just it's 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 not you know it's not mainstream comics. But then I think. But I think Marvel's also redefining what that is because they're, we're saying that about more and more of their books that they don't look like a mainstream book. Yeah, and and that's pretty cool. Um, so I, I, I like this Kamala character. And she, she, you know, she looks up to um, Captain Marvel now, and she's basically going to to take her place. Um, some really nice dream sequences about she writes fan fiction about superheroes, and um, I, I just I like the earnestness of the character. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, that's that's a great uh, you know panacea for. Uh, did I pronounce that word right? Yeah, that was good. Damn it! Why I are you worried up. about pronunciation at this point? I don't know, um, but I was, uh, you know, I've always I, found I, your elocution to be pretty spot on, dude. Every once in a while, I, I say something really messed up. So, anyways, I, I like the I like the panacea to um, to the you know the grim and grittiness. It's not it's not a cynical superhero. It's very hopeful, and um, I look forward to the rest of her journey. All seven issues. Um, see, that was that's that's all. I'm oh, but you just killed it. Well, yeah, that's my fault. I've heard that. That's been said to me before. If you say they're going to get canceled, then it will fall. No, it's not. It's not how that's going to work. But you know, I would like to see the. I would like to see the the trend of of these kind of stuff. These kind of things being not being successful change. But I can't see how they would when the audience is largely the same, mm-hmm. as far as I understand. But hey, maybe I'll be surprised. You know what there needs to be? There needs to be some sort of controversy where they report about this on the news that it offended somebody. Then you got your sales, buddy. You know, because people are easily I think that's happened. Stupid. I think that's happened already. Did it already? Yeah, but it happened because of yeah, but because of the solic- solicitation cycle, people forgot about it before the book ever came out. Yep. 
Um, let's see. If you'd like to buy, what should we? What should we have people buy? Trampolines. Trampolines or gumball machines. <laughs> Head on over to ifanboy.com/amazon. We get a little little piece of that. Wonderful. Want to know a thing about trampolines that I didn't know? What's it? Dangerous. To buy one, and apparently, a lot of homeowners insurance won't let you have them because of the oh. because of their potential to kill children. <laughs> and if if you get one anyway, and then like somebody from the insurance agency sees it, then your insurance on your home will be canceled. Does it matter if you have the uh, the fence thing around it? I don't. It depends on the. It depends on the on the. On the policy, because we bought one, and then found that out, and was just like, we just should we just put it together? And I was like, no, just take it back. <laughs> does that fence? Does that fence thing really save any lives? I don't think so. I think it just contains <laughs> the carnage. Well, we'll never know, right? I mean, we'll never know if it actually has well, saved any the lives. Right kind of, yeah. Well, the, the the trampoline people are all very hush hush about this. I just like <laughs> the idea that there's a guy, you know, working for your insurance company who goes out. You know, in his Windstar, and he's got a clipboard, and he's watching you with the binoculars. The bounce adjuster. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna drive by the the, the Flanagan household and just, I'm gonna see. They put that that trampoline like, up. If they're like just the laying their laundry over it, fine, that's okay. But if they're actually using it, oh, he looks like he's having fun. This is Dawson. We got a potential Check. tigger. We got a potential tigger. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get is one of those, if blocking you and your neighbors, that you could just put it in your neighbor's yard. Uh, I guess I could do that. I, I feel like that could backfire. I think I saw a YouTube video Short where a, a moose wanders into a yard and, and stumbles onto a trampoline. I'd, I want to see that. <laughs> and just horrible things. And see, It wasn't as fun. I remember it not being as funny as I wanted it to be. Yeah. But, uh, I guess there's all sorts of reasons for that, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, head on over to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Buy all your stuff there. We get some, we get some love. Uh, or if you want to give us some love a different way, ifanboy.com slash registration, uh, you, can, you can subscribe to that for $3 a month or $30 a year. Helps us. It, it keeps us in light bulbs is, is what I'm saying. Uh, so there you go. There's your public service announcement for the episode. There you go. That's, that's good work. I always love when I get that assignment. Yeah. Did you oh, do great. The other it's my part? turn. Did yeah, the, 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 okay, that's fine. the registration thing. Yeah, that's fine. I was trying to figure out. I've completely. Here's something that people at home might not know. Connor, um, Connor usually keeps track of time. Yes. And then I just realized, I don't, I don't know. We're gonna. I don't know. I don't know how long we've been doing this. So let's roll with it. Let's roll with it. Um, what is Avengers AI? Because I don't know. Number nine. Jim, this it's is a robot Avengers. I know it's Avengers. it's robot Avengers. Is that really all it is? That's swear, it's no, really all it is. If they it's called Hank it Pym. robot Avengers, I might have checked it out sooner. Yeah, why don't they call it robot Avengers? <laughs> it seems like a it seems like a slam dunk. This one is also it's part of a crossover with the uh, the Uncanny Avengers. So you've got some Rogue in there, and Captain America. I mean, a, cro- a crossover in a sense that they show up. Yeah, that's but. That's a crossover, yeah, I mean, right? Look at look at the Marvel employee getting a former Marvel employee getting all technical. <laughs> that was such a bullshit editor answer. Well, listen, they show crossover up. in as much as they show up. <laughs> that was the sound of a man who's been asked one too many questions by CBR <laughs> that he didn't want to deal with. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> this is Sam Humphries anyway. and Andrea Rao and. Uh... 
not only does this book look great, but there is a uh, a moment in the book where all of the Avenger all the Avengers get together and build a Megatron, uh, not a Megatron, a Megazord. Megazord, and it and it was fantastic. It was pretty good. Um, this is a this is probably not the best issue to jump in on. No. Um, Have you been reading this too? Yeah. Why don't I know about it? It's this? great. It's really good looking. Yeah, it's uh, it, he's got this Mobius thing, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool, and it's uh, it's pretty colorful. This one takes place in like a virtual world, so on top of it being like Robot Avengers, it's also like reboot Avengers. Right. Well, so like the 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 whole premise of it is essentially that you know, uh, it, it's you should be afraid that your phone is out to destroy you, right? Like yeah. if there was like that, you should be afraid of that. And this is the fallout of Age of Ultron, um, with. The virus that Hank Pym used to kill Ultron, uh, Demetrios taking on his own sentience, and he, he takes over an Iron Man armor, basically. Yeah. Well, and it's just that, and um, so essentially, like the the diamond is a world where all AI live, right? And so there's there's good AI, bad AI, and and hilarious like suits. Yeah. It's like Tron. That's what it's like. All right. And it's very fun and entertaining. Robot Avengers. Superior Foes of Spider-Man number eight. Now, I'm curious what the hell else it is you had to say about this that we hadn't previously said. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> did you read this one? Yeah, I did. Of course I did. I love this series. It's great. No, I just I, I wanted to talk about it because it continues to be wonderful, and I like that even though... You know, Superior Spider-Man, that chapter is ending. The Superior Foes of Spider-Man continue on, and I hope that the book lasts forever and ever and ever. And I'm wondering if, if Josh, if for you, since since uh, I, think, I think you and Connor are sort of waning on Hawkeye of late, mm-hmm. um, if this sort of fills that void for you. Well, Hawkeye was my favorite character, so when you get a really good issue about him, yeah. that has a little something extra special. I... I like, I like the line that is being walked uh, with Boomerang a lot, where he he doesn't. It's it's almost like he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't want to be a bad guy. He's definitely not a good guy, but he's not really. He's tr- he's just constantly trying to convince himself that he's not that bad and what he's doing is is fine. It's not, but it's not really like like the evil you know fist in the air villain. I find well, that I really think... fun and, and the discussion with the girl and and her sort of. Uh, you know, amorphous morality. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a turn on that you'd be a superhero. I knew that there were superheroes in New York. So that's, that's kind of, but you'd never think you're going to run into one. And then, but what if I told you I was a super villain? And it's like, well, it's not exactly a turn off. You know what it is? It's it's a better. It's a it's a better version of of Kirkman's Ant Man, his Eric O'Grady character. Okay. It's a better written. It's the same idea, kind of, but it's it's just better. It's done better. Although in that, he was trying to be a superhero, but he kind of wasn't. He was a jerk. It needs that. Uh, what was it? Silver Fox, Black Fox. Yeah, I don't remember. The, they the play, what do they play? We together. The oh the 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 the, the, the cat burglar guy. Yeah. The old man cat woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it needs it needs some of that. This has a bouncing head. Uh, who wants pizza? Um, 
there's so many just like grit like and also the, it, it kind of crystallized in this when you're talking about whether he wants to be a good guy or a bad guy this whole thing is like it's you know uh, he's having sopranos like tony soprano style dream sequences I, which, like the, I, I was in the middle of that and they called it out yeah it was a dream sequence and then he said he hates dream sequences and i was like i do too dream sequences are the worst i was like they are and doesn't that sound like it would be obnoxious but it's not yeah i i think i'm I'm with them on all these jokes i love it i mean i i think that uh i think that nick spencer do you also love katherine heigl i thought that was a katherine heigl joke because i you know there need to be more of those in marvel comics i guess not there's a it's about this is it's it's I think he's he's almost like out Joss Whedoning Joss Whedon on the banality of evil thing, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the and the banality of Catherine Heigl uh, is kind of fun too. Yeah, I I, I, th- I think I think Steve Lieber makes it work a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I know there were a lot of early comparisons to this book saying like, oh, it's like it's like Hawkeye, but I, in in a way, I think this really. It, it's much more straightforward. Is it one? Is it's straightforward. It's also, I mean, it's a lot funnier. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just feel like even down to the point of like Shocker have living in a rent-controlled apartment. Like, of course, why? Where else would Shocker live? <laughs> I keep, I all, I keep thinking about that previous issue where uh, Mach Seven comes in as as uh, Fred's. Uh, boomerang's parole <laughs> officer and then he tries to make a dramatic exit out the window but he can't fit and it's just like and and he indulges that for like three or four panels and i just i love i love that they do that i um i don't i don't think other books allow themselves to be that silly yeah this is this is about it just it just feels like i i'm i'm on the exact right wavelength for for the comedy mm-hmm. in this book whereas a lot of comedy books like that's funny but like this one, it just you really dialed into something on this one, and I, I hope it lasts forever and ever and ever. Uh, moving on to Forever Evil number five, which uh, isn't this, this over? My fault again. Yeah, it's close. It's I'm, close. This was the. This was the. This was the. I don't. I'm not paying attention to a lot of things. This was the <laughs> spinoff of the Villains Month, right? Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why are we talking about? Uh, it's it's gotten to a place where um like just in light of all the Lex Luthor news that's been going on, you know, surrounding the movie and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh that this is, you know, and Lex Luthor, I guess, heading up or joining the Justice League when this is all all over. Um I I like when Jeff Johns writes Lex Luthor. And uh so I wanted to I, I was I've been reading this only to see if I'm going to still read Justice League when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually, I, I know the, this book has been delayed uh, quite a bit, but, uh, or not quite a bit, but this is probably the most consistent Finch art we've gotten in a bit as well. Uh, and it, it finally, it, there feel like, it feels like there are stakes in this book that uh, I feel like, you know, aren't, we haven't really found in event comics sort of in general uh, in a bit. So I'm excited to see how it ends. So does, does he deliver on the, the Lex Luthor here? I, he does. And, and I, I, you know, I want to see, uh, like we're on the cusp of a Lex sort of shining moment. That's 
that I that is what I want to see. That is what I. I that is kind of interesting. I, I I I do like the portrayal of of Lex from time to time as sort of the dark alternative to Superman. Like almost if if Superman had never landed, you know, if, if Superman had never gotten here, Lex might be a, a champion in some way. That he's not necessarily evil. Or that some of his some of his his evil is is based solely out of jealousy towards Superman, and that that jealousy sort of corrupted him in a way. I think that's that's an interesting interpretation. So to pose him as, if not a hero, some kind of anti-hero, hmm. you, can, you can do interesting things with that. Yeah. Well, I think it was like even in a way back when Paul Cornell was writing. Uh, oh yeah. Lens, right? Like this. Was good. This feels the most like that in a way that it just isn't you don't you never feel like lex is too smart like i feel like you can like write him in a way that uh he knows sort of every outcome just sort of in like a, a sherlock mm-hmm. yeah Holmes no, kind of definitely. way and and like he, he's still you can you get the feeling that lex isn't super sure it's all gonna work out but he's pretty sure and you know it works well all right then uh, speaking of Paul Cornell, uh, Wolverine, this is his second Wolverine number one. Yeah. He's relaunched, yep. uh, with, uh, with Ryan Stegman on art. Um, I think I like this a lot. I would, I could be convinced to like it a lot. Uh, I actually missed the unkillable arc, but I got, I figured it out. I, I get the, I get the gist. Wolverine no longer has his healing factor. So now he has to wear armor and, and he is, uh, he's subject to injury. And there's a big uh, uh, cliffhanger at the end. And oh my god, did he do that? I don't know. I don't really care. I I the thing that I liked the best about this was three panels on a page when when somebody asked him about how you have a future and that you're a yeah, mortal. Yeah. And he thinks about uh, he's three panels. One like he's grabbing a baby's hand. Uh, two, he's in a tux having a drink with Scott Summers at the back of some party. And three, he's he's being roasted as an old man. Yeah, people take pictures with their cell phones, um, or maybe he's at a convention. I don't know. And we should I, say like celebrity roast, not like yeah. on yeah. the gridiron, because this is an X Men book, so <laughs> that's it's a good point. Should probably. I loved yeah, those three panels. Those were yeah, that was part of the that was the high point for me too. Um, uh, that's all. This is one. Of, you know, it's one of those things. It was uh, when I heard Paul Cornell Wolverine. I was like, that's a real head scratcher. I love Paul Cornell. Sure. Um, I uh, never in a million years would have paired him with Wolverine. That's what makes this really interesting. Yeah. Um, and, Definitely and, a different take on him. But it's not really, actually. And then take away the healing factor. Take away one of the... I mean, the claws are sort of like... That's like the number one thing you associate with Wolverine. And then take away the healing factor. And that's, that's, a, that's so much of who he is. And so much of how he operates in the field is knowing that he can walk away from anything. So I think that's that's a smart choice. It'll be cool to watch. Yeah, some really really good looking Ryan Stegman art too. Yeah, it's kind of it looks like it's the place that he was meant to be. He's he's quite muscular. This Logan, even without the healing factor, he uh, he works out. He does he does a nice gnarly looking yeah. Logan with the yeah. crazy hair and this big scar on his face. Yep. It's really good. Yeah, he's kind of. So is that just is that just bedhead for Wolverine or or, or does he? Do it like I think he watches uh, watches Justified. He's a big uh, Boyd Crowder fan. I think uh, I think this is more. There's a there's a touch of of early Ultimate Spider-Man here. 
at, at a certain <laughs> point in this. Uh, not, not, yeah, there's one after he takes the hood off. It's got a little of that, that Peter Parker thing. <laughs> just a touch of that. Anyway. James, uh, let's talk about Turok, Dinosaur Hunter number one. Who put this out? I, uh, who did Dynamite? Dynamite, okay. Yep, Dynamite put this out. And, uh, this was, I've, I came into Turok through my Nintendo 64. Of course. And as a, and as a, a, as a kid who liked dinosaurs and my Nintendo 64, uh, I naturally fell in love with the character of Turok. Um, I have, I'm coming into this from, uh, outside of playing that and the, the most recent game that they did. Uh, I know nothing about this character. I didn't read any of the, the, the Valiant stuff. Um, none of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think Greg Pak nailed the first issue in just sort of setting up who this character is, why, you know, wh- why does he do what he does, and there's dinosaurs in it. So that's all you really need to get me into a comic. I didn't know this was Greg Pak. That's okay. I might have to go check this out. Yep. I got yep. I, I to gotta confess, though. I avoided – this is, this is going to – this is gonna well. I don't know about lame. This is this is not gonna surprise anyone who's listened to the show. I um I avoided the Turok game on the Nintendo sixty four because I liked dinosaurs and I didn't like the idea of dinosaurs getting hurt. Well, it was, well they're evil that was the kid I was. They're trying to kill you and continue to be. I know, but I just I'd, I'd probably just let to them all be. I know, <laughs> I know. How about Turok's rights? Well, it also should be said, um, I really liked uh, – the artist on this book is Mirko Kolak. Um, and he is the he's the guy who did Red Skull Incarnate with uh, Greg Pop. Oh, awesome. And, yeah, so it really it really just all comes together, and it's a, a great package, and I encourage everyone to go try it because it's that's – a, That's a pretty good selling point. Yep. Everything you just said was good stuff. That's cool. Does he make use of all of the, the dinosaur parts? And I mean, does he eat everything and then use the rest for shelter? And don't answer that. You, so oh, now, now, now you don't care about the dinosaurs. He want no. He's taking. If they're more, going to die, you're taking the more Native American stance. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm I'm point zero zero eight seven percent Cherokee. So I. He wants to make so it's so it's okay that the dinosaur gods are not disrespected and that every part of the dinosaur is utilized to the best of the ability of. Said Hunter, would you like some of my some of my dinosaur bone trinkets? So we got some news that excited Joshua, uh, because he's always wanted his love for Preacher to be validated by it getting its own live action television series. Um, so we found out that uh, that Seth Rogen, who who Josh has been compared to by some minor celebrities. Um, and character actors uh, has has sealed the deal with uh, with AMC to bring Preacher to television uh, with the other guy, Evan Goldberg. Evan Goldberg, right? Or Jonah Hill, as I will always picture <laughs> him in my head, <laughs> <laughs> even though he's a different person. Yep. Um, yep. And also, actually, Sam no. Catlin of Breaking Bad uh, is also involved. He's going to be the showrunner, actually. Yeah. Well, those guys are well, really famous and rich. Basically, that's. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, you've got this. Um, 
And we should yeah. also say, I'm sorry, and also say Steve Dillon and Garth Ennis um, apparently also involved creatively. They put out a statement that, you know, they, they've been working on this, like in talks with them, and they, they at least they said they appreciate that, that the guys seem to understand Preacher and, and have a pretty good take on it. Um, and and uh, aside, from, you know, aside from all that news, we should also say that Seth Rogen, no plans to, be actually, to appear in it. In any role at this time. Um, now, now those of you who, who are again who have been following, preacher is uh, is my favorite thing. Period. Not just favorite comic series. Like it's, it's the house was on fire. Save the preacher yeah, collection. Yeah. Pushed the wife out of the way. I, what's funny is that I've actually <laughs> been rereading it. Like I started last week. Yeah. And then this came out like in the middle of like I'm in the middle of the third trade. I'm like, what the? How did they know? Um. I don't. I don't know. I've. I'm sort of. I think I'm. I'm. I'm contrary in in the form of like I don't really need my comics to be made into movies and TV. At this mm-hmm. point, the novelty of it has certainly worn off. And you either get something that isn't the same thing, or you get something that's exactly the same thing. Like with Watchmen, which is almost worse. It is worse. And I just like. I just. I love the thing, and I don't want another. I don't want a different voice in my head. I think I don't want a, a different view of what it is I'm looking at. So you're you're not gonna watch it. No, you're I, just... I mean, like, <laughs> like it's never gonna live up to the thing that I love. Uh-huh. So it, it, at best, it's an accessory. But to most people, you know, if it's if it's successful, which is a huge if, um, that's that's gonna that's gonna color what the thing is, and and it's totally me being like it doesn't matter. It's not gonna change my books. It's, I, I can still. I can still have it, and the but one thing that really did put me over the edge is that hearing that 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 DC doesn't even have the rights anymore. It's not. It's, oh. it's reverted to to Ennis and Dylan, and so they are benefiting from it fully and directly, and they're involved. And I think that that's awesome. That's cool. Good for them. Because it's been a really long time, and I think that they, after all the stupid rumors, and I've interviewed Garth Ennis in the past, more, probably more than once, to be like. So any and I asked the dumb question that everybody was there any news on the movie you know and it was always just like he was like I don't know it's not really, yeah it's not really in my hands I can't I can't say so okay so so silver linings then are that <laughs> um they benefit in in some way um they do have some kind of creative involvement mm-hmm. even if they're not going to be you know like scripting the show or anything like that um but and also. I think it's good that it's if you're gonna do it, it's a TV show and not a movie. I think that that's that's totally a a great way yeah. to go. I really think it's cool now. Even just a few years later, I used to say, "Well, you can only really do it as an HBO show." And at one point, that was true, and now it is yeah. not true. And now there are other options. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't. It, it could be neat. Uh, I guess it could be. It could. If be anything, really cool. it'll bring more people to the book. Yeah, I mean. It could be great. And they can enjoy it now. Josh doesn't need more people for the book. <laughs> Josh doesn't want to share. <laughs> yeah. If if it if it's just gonna enable Vertigo to do more books that aren't as good as old Vertigo books, then I guess that's probably not good. But I uh I read all of Preacher. I came to it late. I I guess I read it at some point in twenty twelve in one weekend. Jesus Christ. It was a little crazy. Yeah. I, I borrowed all the trades from a friend and they had been sitting there for a while and I was just intimidated by it. And then one weekend I was like, I'm just going to read all of it. <laughs> well, the thing and is that kind of momentum is only sustained if you really like something. It was really good. Um, it is, um, I don't know if it's, you know, 
I don't know if if I'd push, you know, um, Josh's lovely wife in, into the flames to to save it. I do love it. Um, I uh, it's it's I think it's it's my favorite, you know, um, self-contained comic book thing. Uh, I. You know, I didn't. I, I don't know if I even expected that when I said I'm going to sit here and read this. But by, by the time I got to the end, wow, just an emotional, yeah, okay. you know, ride. And so where uh, do you stand on the on the on the preacher on the preacher spectrum? It's tough for me because I actually just read it for the first time uh, three months ago. Really? And oh wow! Well, good. You beat yep. you beat the. You're cool. It's still you're still in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It. It. I will admit for. Because I got, I mean, I got into comics period very late, and so it it felt a little old to me at first. Um, but once I, I mean, I, I kept reading it and I made my way all the way through it. I, I liked it. It's not my favorite thing, um, but I I am actually interested to see it how it translates. On the show. I'm sorry about the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm actually I'm actually very interested to see how it translates. Uh, well, to a TV show. I I think I mean honestly I think from ter- in terms of tone and direction I think a lot of that is on the page. It's yeah. going to be fairly you know it's going to be fairly easy to transfer that I think in much the way that they did like, There's the such Dead. strong characters and yeah. relationships. But there's your and there's yep. your problem. Not yeah. your problem but there's your challenge. Uh right. is is whoever they get to whoever they get to play Jesse to a slightly lesser extent Cassidy I think they can find a tulip easily enough, but uh, that 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 thing is gonna and people are gonna say you know, you know everybody's gonna have their their ideas. That my, I I've looked at I've looked at pictures of of Walton Goggins, and he looks exactly like uh, the Glenn Frabry covers, but Jesse Custer's not that old uh, in this book. I don't care. Really, <laughs> I mean, but like, like Goggins has got to be pushing forty something, and that's that's a different kind of person than the Jesse Custer in this story. They could paint in some of his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Like some green tape over, you know, his hairline. Bring it, you know. But I don't know who... The interesting interesting thing we'll see, like, if it does take sort of a page out of what they did with The Walking Dead and diverge a little bit. um, That's interesting. Like, are they are they going to... Will they will they go in that way? And is it something that you know, is the first set of episodes, is that going to be something fairly literal in terms of a, a translation or, or are they going to take liberties and are they going to see if they can modernize it a bit? And if they do, does that work? Like it, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. One of the things that I like that I, I like the era that it's in cause it's just before like there's, there's mentions of the internet in it and there's cell phones exist, but none of that's really, like a thing. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's it's a little slightly more timeless than that. But I still think it's a pretty timeless story. I, I think, I, I wonder what they're going to do in terms of content mm-hmm. in that some of it's pretty out there. Like, are you going to be able to do the Jesus Asad's party <laughs> to that extent? Are you going to have the fuckable meat man? Are you going to have, you know, that'll that'll all be really interesting. And, you know, it, there is, there's humor about there's humor to it, and and then there's other other bits of it that kind of a really work well because they're in a comic book. Because some of it, if you saw it or heard it out loud, it's difficult to take. And then some of the um, 
not politically correct stuff in it uh which is which is not which i don't think is the is the creators being uh insensitive but some of it i was like wow that's pretty ballsy yeah i just i just remember um i just i just remember seeing super bad and thinking sane of killers <laughs> i could see sane of killers being cut it's wrong i i you have christopher mintz plots playing uh Saint of Killers. He'd be our he'd be ours face. Be ours face? Yeah. <laughs> that that's what I want to see. I want to see that on TV. You want to see ours face on TV? That, like getting away <laughs> with putting that on screen, I think, is pretty ballsy. Because I mean I can just see the, the petitions and protest letters already. It's 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 pretty and, and I and I can't entirely disagree with them. I'm like, that's true. That is kind of rude, but it's also very funny. I just, I don't, I don't remember what the conversation was like before, you know, The Walking Dead went on AMC, but I'm sure there were people, you know, very worried about mm-hmm. how, you know, how dire is this going to look? Yeah. And, um, they've gone to some pretty, pretty dark, pretty gnarly places and, and done some very impressive things with prosthetics on a, on a weekly show, you know? Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it'll be. It'll be. I, I'll be interested to see it. I. I. You know, like it's either going to be. I'm going to love it, and it's going to be great, or I'm going to be like, eh, it's fine. Like if there's not, which is kind of how I am with TV. Anyways. I'll get. You know, I'll give you this. If there was ever a time to put it on TV, yeah. I think now's a pretty good time. Yeah, I agree. I it's agree. a. It's a really good climate for it. It's. Um, I think all the pieces are in place. AMC is at the right point that they could do it. I heard they're going to bring in Christian Bale to do the voice. Uh, when he does the word of God, <laughs> just get, get like like you that, that kind of thing. That how how tough is that going to be to nail? It's all that stuff. I think they're going to diverge a bit, but yeah, keep those characters, and I'll be interested. Yeah, they're great characters. It's a it's a and you know it's a classic sort of American western. Mm-hmm. It's really what it is. I always say. Oh man. So this is normally the place on the show where we do some audience feedback, but we're running a little long. We're running really so save, long. Save that stuff for, for next time. Uh, but if you have any questions for us, send those along to contact at fanboy.com. Uh, or you can leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's 326-2697. And don't forget, send us in some relationship emails. Maybe we'll talk about them on Valentine's Day. Yeah. I mean, it'll be Valentine's Day for us. We'll yeah. be after it. But that's fine. There's still room for loving after Valentine's Day. Well, yeah. Well, you might need some loving after Valentine's Day, depending on how you screw it up. That's the big problem. You go out for the big dinner, and then you're like, ugh, maybe not loving. Maybe nap time. Maybe Zantac. I don't know. Um, So we've done some other shows lately. Uh, We just did a special edition podcast uh, with Connor and uh, and Ryan. We're also on it uh, on Justice League War. Which is an animated feature from uh, from DC Entertainment, and uh, we we were quite surprised at how much we enjoyed it, um, given our feelings about the new Fifty Two. Uh, so it's it's worth a rental. But check out check out the podcast and see why we liked it, and maybe why you'll like it. Um, you can also listen to me if you're if you if you like these dulcet tones over on the Fuzzy Typewriter podcast. Look for that in iTunes or at fuzzytypewriter.com. Lately, we've been talking about True Detective. And justified, we're doing week to week commentaries on those uh, those new shows. So check those out. 
That's uh, that's Josh. You'll like True Detective, I think, when you get I've to. I've seen it. the first episode. Oh, okay. I just haven't gotten to any more of it. But if if you want to be haggard, smoking uh, Matthew McConaughey, just giving me that look, that's cool. Uh-huh. That's totally cool too. I've learned, by the way, that my wife does not appreciate when I do the Matthew McConaughey Wolf of Wall Street uh, chest thump song <laughs> at a restaurant. But uh, doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. Is what I'm saying. So um, let's let's talk let's talk comics. See what I did there. Jim, oh, Jim, you 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 started a podcast and and you said, "Hey, I'm going to do a podcast," and I was like, "Good luck with that." And then you <laughs> then you did it, and uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty. Well, it, thanks. Tell, tell 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 the people listening about the show because, quite honestly, if I think if you're looking for the kinds of uh, interviews that um that maybe we would do less frequently than we liked here in the past, and you were wanting more of that, I think uh, Jim shows a very natural place for you to go to get that. Kind yeah. Of so 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 let's talk comics. Uh, it's a long show. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Is it so I'm just gonna. Long? <laughs> no, they're not suntress no, long. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, I. I call up comic creators and I say, "Hey, let's talk about your career." You just cold and call them. I just call. I just cold call them. <laughs> just like, really late at night. Uh, yeah, and and uh, we we just go down memory lane. Don There's a lot this of. This is the phone for you. Talk to me now. <laughs> Uh, you call yeah. and you do a bad John McLaughlin, right? That's how that works. <laughs> Next it. issue, literally. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it, there's there's a lot of great um, information for folks who are looking to break into comics. Uh, you know, if you want to see how your favorite creators did it, listen, they'll tell you. Um, it's all the secrets. It's all of the secrets. Oh, it's just funny. It's one of the things that I've been I've been realizing and finding out is that if you want to break into comics, just start making them. Like that's there you go. That's how you do it. And uh, um, I would add to that, expect to suck at it for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah, I've uh, I've had some some pretty pretty nice guests in the past, and coming up, uh, I've got uh, Mitch Garrods, uh, Jerome Pena, Dan Slott. That that's the way to say his name, because now I'm starting to worry about it. <laughs> no, I think that's it, because I, I had, it was a thing before I even started talking to him. I was like, how do you say it? Is it Mitch? No, it's Mitch Jarrods. Did I say Jarrods? Yeah, you said Jarrods. One time, yeah, it's Jared's. we interviewed Jeff Parker on camera, and he got it wrong. And then I heard about it <laughs> later, and that's why I think I thought I knew. But now, But now I feel like that was so long ago that I don't know. Yep. Yeah, this is this is this is a lot less interesting uh, than the kind of stuff that you'll get on your podcast, as far as I understand. <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> right now, and also there's this there's this weird thing where where me and, and Jim interview the same people at the same, the same time. People. I interview them for for CBR Sunday Conversation. Like you just did a Declan Chalvey interview, right? Yep. I've got one of those coming up next week. So, but I talk yep. about ridiculous things. You talk about you, useful things. You you beat me to the to the coal story though. Uh huh. <laughs> that that was a good. Glenn Shelby started like, in oh. coal. Yep. I I, I was a bad oh, interviewer because like I didn't follow up on that. Door to door delivering coal. That's what you got to do. So, so you should check that podcast out. You, you should check that out. It is very good. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's at letstalkcomics.com and uh, on you know social media and whatever. Intuitive. It's You'll easy enough it. to find if you know those words. 
Yep. And 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 your little logo looks like a like a like a angry flower with Declan's face in the middle of it. <laughs> At least on that episode. That's um, what I was going. Yeah. Anyway, head over to ifanboy.com to comment on this show uh, and the other stuff that's happening. There's other all the other podcasts are there. Uh, there's little discussions and whatnot. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash ifanboy or Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy. Uh, like Paul said earlier, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 88fanboys, which is 326-2697. Uh, and honestly, if you've been thinking lately about sending in an email or a question or thinking, oh, I don't know what to ask or they probably got a bunch of other stuff that's, that they've already going to listen, nah, not so much. You could, you could, we could, we could afford to. If you've been thinking about sending something in, now's not a bad time. But also, really get in, get in some of those relationship questions. Uh, think of something and send us in something good, because uh, it's fun. And it's not that there are no dumb questions. It's just that we want them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we want those. Um, all right. So if you, if you dig this this sort of thing, uh, you can write us a review in iTunes. Help people find the show. Better yet, tell all your friends about it. Uh, you know, I already did the thing. Put the, put it on a USB dongle thing. Put it in a in a in a Pepsi bottle. Toss it out into the ocean, and uh, an octopus will go live in it. I saw this thing on a documentary. An octopus can go inside anything that it can fit its beak into. As long as the beak fits, everything else will go in there. And so, an octopus can live in a Pepsi bottle. I totally forgot octopus octopi had beaks. Yeah, they have a beak. That's that's the part that makes them terrifying. Yeah. Before that, they're just globulous and kind of weird, but the beak makes them terrifying. Yeah. Jesus. I'm going to get an email from Ryan about that. Oh, no. <laughs> it said something wrong. He's, he's <laughs> off somewhere in the Galapagos or somewhere. He doesn't, he can't. Not not exactly, but yeah. Uh, anyways, that's it for this episode. Josh, I'm, you're incredibly ignorant. <laughs> I'm Paul. Uh, I'm Jim. I'm still incredibly ignorant. I'm on I'm on I'm on cop to it. What was that you said? What was that you said? What was that you said?